Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, and good evening. This is your pastor, Pastor James Dogger Jr., and I'm excited to welcome you to our ninth night in our QR2 Prophecy Edition. God has been moving for eight nights thus far, and tonight God is going to do something special. He's going to do something great. So we want to just welcome you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know where it is that you are watching this live stream from. Um, I see people all over the world. We've got folk in California. We celebrate you and we say thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, we have people all over from New Jersey. We say thank you guys for coming through and for blessing us with your presence. We, of course, got Huntsville, Alabama. And we also have that Trinidad flag that is waving in the comment section. We appreciate you for coming through. We got folk from Florida. We have people from Virginia. We celebrate all of you for taking your time to come and worship with us this evening with the quarantine revival. Of course, we got to give a shout out to our people all the way out there from Bermuda. Thank you, y'all, from Bermuda for coming through and worshiping with us. We got Chattanooga in the place. Pastor um, Abernathy's family, we appreciate all of you guys for coming through the Bay Area. We got North Carolina. Listen, we got all of Atlanta. Thank you, guys. We celebrate you. We appreciate you guys for coming through. And of course, my church, we have Deerfield Beach SDA Church in the building. We appreciate you. Oh, Houston, John Tay, what's going on, girl? We appreciate you for joining us. Apopka, Florida, Illinois, all over. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us this evening. Listen, I did not come by myself. I came with a co-host. Now, this co-host is no stranger to many of you. This co-host is somebody who has a lot of energy, a lot of effervescence. He knows how to make you smile. He is an amazing power-packed preacher, but he's also a good friend. Let me introduce you guys and uh, just just bring him back for those of you who already know him. None other than Pastor Austin Humphreys. Where are you at, Yo, Pastor Humphreys? What's up, man? How you feeling, man? Hey, listen, man, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it, man. I'm ready to go higher tonight, man. What about you? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm ready to go higher. Are you ready, man? You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Good, I'm ready. Man, listen, how are you doing? What's going on with you, man? Tell the people how it is, Yo, um, how you're good. feeling. Things are good, man. I feel good. Uh, uh, the Lord is good. Each day is a, each day is a new day to 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 work hard for the Lord and do and, and do pretty good. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I've been excited uh, this mm -hmm. entire this entire revival so far, and I'm just glad to be able to co-host yet again. Just one more time. Every time I co-host with you, man, we always have a, a, a lot of laughs and a lot of good shouting for the preaching, man. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, you are you ready to shout tonight while the preacher you know, preaches tonight, the word? Though tonight we gonna shout tonight. <laughs> I can I can guarantee a, a shout tonight, man. We're going to shout. We're going to shout. We're excited because we got our friend, none other than Pastor Corey Johnson, who's here. Yes, and he's going to bring the power packed word of God. But listen, y'all, Pastor Humphreys, I got to tell the people, man, about how amazing, not just of a preacher you are, because you are going to preach. 
um, in this revival. You yeah, have, I'm, yeah, I'm you have the stage. One of these days, the people are going to hear from you. But you're not just a great preacher. I need the people of God to know also that you are a great husband. See, he didn't know that yeah. I was going to do this. You uh, are revival family. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I need y'all to know that this past weekend, his yeah. wife celebrated a birthday. I believe this was her 30th birthday, right? 30th, man. 30th, man. Well, listen, he didn't know I was going to do this, but no, I, I just got to... I I just got to celebrate um, with him because he's an amazing uh, husband. I want you guys to see some of what took place this past weekend. Look at this, oh, man! Wow, wow, look wow. at Pastor! Look oh, at Pastor! Man. Oh man! Look at that! Look look at that sign! Look at that queen right there! Yo, that the sign is looking black queen. Check the sneakers out, man! I, I don't, man! Come on, that's that's yeah. that's all right, man. Yeah, uh, thirtieth to my queen. Uh, 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 you know. He that finds a good a wife finds a good thing, man. I, I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, we just want to do a little celebration, man. Something outside for the folk. Uh, so, man, uh, James, man, just appreciate you, man, for, for, for shouting my wife out. I can hear her in the background saying, oh, that's so nice. So that's extra burning <laughs> points for me. Babe, yep. we planned that. Uh, she can hear me. We planned that, babe. That, that wasn't on the fly. I knew all about that. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you knew all about it, man. Thank Yo, you again. You, man. Yeah, you're, you're a great husband, man. And we celebrate Jaleesa's 30th birthday. Thank God for giving her another year of life. And we love you guys. As a couple, you guys are a power couple, man. So, of course, appreciate it, man. We got to shout you out. So, listen, listen, listen. This week we did, um, just to kind of switch gears real yeah. quick, we did suffer a loss, man. We had uh, none other than Pastor Walter Pearson yeah. who who uh, laid down a sword. Yeah, and yeah. and just, just to celebrate his legacy, guys, I want to take some time to do this each and every night. Yeah. Um, as we move forward, we want to celebrate the legacy of this mighty man of faith, this preacher of the gospel. Yes, and sir. I want to allow you guys the opportunity to just to hear a little bit of what Pastor Pearson used to do. Again, there's no way to sum it up you in just 30 it. seconds or a minute or five minutes. You would need days, weeks, months, years yeah. to really sit down and listen and get the totality of what it is that God did through his ministry. But we just want to take this moment to just celebrate him by allowing you guys to hear a little bit of his word. Awesome. You are completely besieged trying to keep the demons out. Ellen White says you waste your time. She says that if you were to let Jesus come in your house, your house would become impregnable to demons. Demon can't get in where Jesus lives. Demon looks in the window, sees Jesus, moves on. Better than putting a sign in your yard that says you've got an alarm system. Better than a barking dog. Better than a gun leaned against your mantelpiece. Better than anything you can think of. One man got so bad that he put a python loose in his house. Pythons cannot stop the demons, but Jesus can. And if the church would wake up and instead of saying no, 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 say yes to Jesus. The demon would never get back in. But methinks the churches have boiled down to places that are communities for empty houses. And so the old folks sit around angry because they can't keep the demons out. And the young people sit around angry because they'd like to let a couple of them in. And we talk about each other. Well, my house isn't so bad. I only let in one demon this week. I remember when I was a young man going to socials at a certain church, Shelby Nameless. <laughs> An amazing thing would happen. We'd go to the social and all the older folk come sit around the whole wall. Every wall was covered by some sanguine old person. 
and they would sit there and watch us so that we would not sin hard to sin in a big old room like that anyhow but they would watch us and I looked at their faces and they they, they are still in my mind and I wondered is that Christianity is that what I'm trying to be and I remember now the look that represented empty houses there we were in the joy of the Lord all we were doing was playing musical chairs it's hard to sin playing musical chairs <laughs> some dear little saint would say see there he brushed up against her The demon will get in. The demon will get in. But you see, we talk about our own experiences. Some of the dear saints who have gray hair still have demons who lurk. Just because you can't do what you want to do doesn't mean the idea has completely left your mind. And so to expurgate the demons in a way that is once removed, we sit and watch the young people. See, look at these young people. Terrible. Look, I can see them drifting into sin right before my eyes. <laughs> and there you are. Your voice echoes as you speak. I see them. I see them drifting, drifting <laughs> into sin, into sin, because you are speaking in an empty house. was in bad shape and he said pastor that's why I want you to pray for me and I prayed with him the man needed prayer his house was tearing up in front of his eyes and I said why don't you get him out he said you don't understand it's changed now if I were to serve an eviction notice it would take me months and months to folk would put that rent in escrow and I'll be sitting up here watching tear down my house more and more and more and it may take me six months to get him out and by the time I get him out there won't be anything left he said I just wish I could get him out of here well, that's where I come to you. Because I have come to learn that it is not necessary to let demons live in your house, neither is it necessary to let your house stay empty. It's possible to change tenants. Pastor Humphreys, man. Yeah. Just unbelievable storyteller, man. Unbelievable communicator of the word of God. He can tell a story. Sure. Yeah, let's bring Dr. Doggett in here as our moderator sensei. Thank you for joining yeah, us sure. this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, wow. man. As you watch that, what do you think about Dr. Doggett? Well, first of all, memories, man. I've been blessed by his preaching so many times. And let me yeah. tell you, we just had our moderation moment. I'm not yeah. I'm not coming behind him to try to bring you something. We just we just heard it. I've noticed yeah. that today on uh Facebook there have been so many uh testimonials about his life and remembrances. Yeah, you listen, he, his his influence is going to last oh, until yeah. the Lord comes oh, again. Yeah. Awesome preacher, spiritual man of God, effective communicator of truth. I, I told you yesterday that he would really do his research. I mean, mm -hmm. he did his research. I remember he preached once on Jesus standing up in the boat saying, peace be still. And mm. he spoke of how the devil was in that storm, but it wasn't just the devil. He mm. actually talked to a weather man, yeah. somebody yeah. who was a, what do you call a meteorologist? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, when yeah. I talked to him, I asked him, 
why was it that that mm-hmm. storm was so bad? Come and on. He went on to explain that the weatherman said that what would happen at the Sea of Galilee is come that on, the come cold on. weather would come down from the mountaintop. Yeah. Hey, and the hot yeah. weather would come up from the sea that was absorbing the sun during uh, the day. Come he on. said the, <laughs> the warm fumes from the water tried to ascend while the cold air descended and it would get hey. stuck between the mountains. And he said it was like an egg beater. Come on. Just beating up the yeah. You know, he did his work. And let that be a lesson. Let's never stand before the people of God yes, sir. without having spent ample time with God and in the word studying. Yes. Let's make sure we stand up. We got good meat yes, for sir. the people to eat. But that, that was your moderation moment. Also, yeah. let's don't forget, let's don't forget Dr. Russell C. Uh, we yes. mentioned him yesterday, and some people aren't familiar with him, but Dr. C has been a minister for many, many years, and yeah. in fact was a theology professor, is a theology professor right. at Oakwood for some two decades, and yeah. his influence is broad. The one thing I'll say about both of these men, um, besides the gifts that they displayed and the mm-hmm. gospel that they preached, was that they were both mentors. They did yeah. not hold on to what God gave that's them. Right. Yeah. They were always yeah. willing to share. Yeah. And that's not the way everybody is. Sometimes they make it to the top of the mountain and they don't want to tell you the path that got them there. But that yeah. was not Walter Pearson, nor was it uh, Dr. Russell C. So I, mm-hmm. I, I just want to celebrate the life, uh, the life of Walter Pearson. And yeah. I want to pray for Dr. Russell C. as he, he faces his own mortality right now. And we, Absolutely do pray for a miracle, but most of all, that God's will will be done. Great preaching last night. Oh, yes. Great preaching last night. Great preaching last night. Hey, he was unashamed. Yeah, man. The gospel of Jesus Christ with no apology. That's it. I have some things I'll share tomorrow night about what he preached, but I'm going to add to it a little bit about what Corey's going to deliver tonight. Ooh, I'm yes. sitting back. You know what? I told you I was gonna gonna come early tonight. Yeah, and I did it. You know what? I found myself in the bathroom. Yeah, washing my face before coming here online, and yeah. then I put on cologne like I was going to church. That's all right, Doc. Feel good, Doc. Feel good, man. Because tonight I'm gonna be in church. That's yeah. it. I'm gonna be in church. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, hey, man. it's good to see you, Austin. You, you're a great co-host. You're an awesome preacher. Doc, uh, I'm you, not going to talk about your basketball game. Come on, but man. You are, you are a great asset to the team. That's you it. really That's were. It. Coach Thank Austin you. years ago. And Austin was our number one cheerleader. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Listen, I was so good. He didn't want me to embarrass anybody else. So I just kind of I, exactly. I put him on the bench for a little bit. But the, <laughs> the problem was, J.D., I didn't like to practice, man, but I should have practiced a little bit more. But I was good, though. I had, a, I had a little jumper. I had a little something. No, you were nice, man. You were nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like to tease you, man. Yeah, hey, you, heard, you heard your bitch trying to play me. Call me an asset, right? No, no, no. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. No comment. No comment. Hey, yeah. no comment. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna get out where you two because y'all are dangerous. Y'all are dangerous. Know, man. No, thank you, Doc. Man, I always appreciate you, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, we we we're excited because last night again, Dr. Manders. Look, we cannot say thank you enough, Ooh, Dr. Manders, sure. for launching us oh. to into our second week. You I brought the word. Did y'all hear him tune up there at the end? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 
tremble in his voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. And I thought it was a perfect, perfect start to this week. And tonight we believe that through the grace and power of God, Corey's going to take us even higher. So we're excited about that opportunity. But listen, you did mention, Pops, that we do want to make sure we're praying for the Pearson family as well as for uh, Dr. C and his family. So I want to take this moment now to yeah. just kind of shift and go right into prayer. I'd love for us to not just pray for these two families, but let's also pray for those who are struggling with finances, those who are struggling yeah. with domestic violence. Um, there are people who are dealing with suicidal yeah. thoughts and depression. And we want you to know that if you're tuning in tonight, we're praying with you and for you. And all of you who've been sending in your prayer requests, we say thank you. We have a prayer team that's praying specifically with those who desire to receive a phone call. If you need somebody to reach back out to you through email, we have a team that's in place and they've been doing that. So we want to say thank you for giving us the chance to pray with you. And if you need special prayer, let me go ahead and put this up on the screen for you because we want you to go over to our website and you have an opportunity there by pressing that, that button, let's connect. And you can share with us exactly what it is that you need special prayer for. If you need somebody to call you and pray with you over the phone, then we will do that for you. So please let us know. Go to www.thequrevival.com. Press Let's Connect, and we will be here to pray with and for you. So let's do this, gentlemen. If you don't mind, I'd love for us to split up this prayer moment. I'd love for you, Dr. Doggett, if you can please pray for Dr. C and his family during this time. If you can, Pastor Humphreys, please pray for the Pearson family, that Absolutely. God will bless them during this time. And then I'll close this out by praying for everyone who is tuning in and that God will be with them in a very special way. Dr. Doggett, go ahead and lead us with Dr. C's prayer, then you, Pastor Humphreys, and then I'll follow up. Absolutely. Father in heaven, once again, we approach your throne with the very invitation you gave us in your word, that when we have concerns or thanksgivings, we can come to your throne boldly with full assurance that you're going to hear and answer our prayer. We combine our faith together tonight, Lord, as we lift up Dr. George Russell C. He's one of your servants who's been on the battlefield for decades now, delivering people from the bondage they were in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask now that in his moment of need, you would be ever close to him. You're all wise and you're all knowing, so we don't dare tell you how to handle your business. But we simply ask that you would be kind to Dr. C in this season of sickness. I ask, oh God, that you would move close to him, that you would speak peace to his soul, that you will give him a spirit that is calm and confident and quiet. May he know that you are a God who does all things well and that you're never caught off guard. I do pray, God, that you would find a way to even bring good out of this situation that right now seems so dark. I ask that you would heal him if it's your will. But if not, I do pray that you will allow him to close his eyes easy with confidence that indeed his salvation is sure. I ask, oh God, that you would bless his family, be close to his wife and to his children. May they not give in to the temptation to doubt you. But through it all, may they declare that you are good. Comfort them. Please be ever near to them and so close that the devil cannot slip in between and sow seeds of doubt. Ultimately, when we look back on this portion of his journey, may we see your goodness every step of the way. And Lord, may we be 
certain and sure that you do all things well. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we, we continue to linger tonight in prayer as we are praying as our hearts are still heavy at the loss of Dr. Walter Pearson, Lord. First and foremost, we thank you for the gift that he was to the body of Christ. Lord, we are so thankful for every life that he touched, every person that found their way to the altar, Lord, to turn their hearts around. God, thank you for what he did, Lord. In a very special way, I pray right now, Lord, for his family. Come near to them, God. Doesn't matter how old or how young anyone is, death is still difficult. But God, we still believe in the same Jesus that he preached about. And we know that we're going to see him in the earth made new. So Lord, until that day, Lord, we pray that you will first and foremost comfort his wife, God, comfort his family in a very special way. Lord, comfort us as we continue to riddle with this loss, God. We say once again, God, we are so honored to have known him, those who saw him, whether it would be on his TV ministry, those who got to see him in person, those who knew him personally, God, we just thank you for every opportunity. But Lord, I'm praying that you will draw close. It's moments like these, God, we long for your soon return. And so God, we thank you for the promise that you're going to crack the sky open and you're going to call those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, for those to be caught up and meet you in the air. So God, we pray right now for just the power of, of your, your spirit to come by of comfort, God, to touch those who are the closest to him. Now we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And Father in heaven, we continue in prayer. We ask that you'd please be with our country. God, there are protests that are happening all over the country and the world. And we need you, God, to give us guidance. Give us wisdom as your leaders so that we can do what needs to be done to see effective change happen in our areas. We're praying, Lord, that you would please be with the preacher of the hour tonight. Give him your Holy Spirit. I pray that your anointing would fall on him afresh. We know that it is your anointing that breaks yoke. So we need, God, the chains to fall tonight. As the word of God is declared, I pray that you would please whisper sweet nothings in our ear. I pray that you'd go wherever each viewer is watching and that you would please infiltrate their home, infiltrate their heart. We pray that you would uh, right now lift up a standard against the enemy, that you would give us victory in areas of defeat, that you, God, would flex your muscles and remind us that you're still the CEO of life, that you are the boss that you call the shots. I thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to pray with specificity over those who have been sending in their requests. So, Lord, I pray again a prayer of intercession for every person who is requesting specific prayer. We ask, Lord, that you would not just hear our prayers, that you would answer them. And that as the answer comes, as we see the, the dream, as we see the revelation transition into manifestation, that we would praise you, give you honor and give you glory. Point to heaven and say, Jesus did it, that this world might know who they should turn to because we know that you have the answer and the solution in your hands. We love you. Continue to move this evening, I do pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen, amen, and amen. I want to let all of you know that we have thus far in the QR2 Prophecy Edition been able to bless four families, Pastor Humphreys. Yes, yes, four families with over $2,000 plus dollars, and God has been good. You guys have been faithful. You've been generous in your sowing, and we say thank you. Thank you there thank are families you, you. who are being blessed as a result of your faithfulness and generosity. So again, we want to offer you this opportunity. Pastor Humphreys, if you don't mind, go ahead, and if you can let the people know where it is that they can go and sow their seed. 
Listen, everybody, if you're looking on the screen right now, you're going to make sure you pull out your phones. If those of you, you got the app already for the Cash App. It's the Q, it's 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 the Cash App sign, the Cash Sign, Money Sign, the Q, the Q Revival, the Q Revival. Make sure that you give a seed. We promise it's not going to any of us on the screen right now. Where it's there to take, to take care of somebody in need. But also, don't forget those who may not have Cash App, you can take care of, of sowing your seed, giving your blessing to PayPal. It's at paypal.me slash the q revival slash the q revival and that's how you can give so please give you all because there's other families who need a special donation a special special love offering from you and i promise you they'll, they'll be blessed and their lives will be transformed absolutely and then you have our website www.theqrevival.com and this is where you can go if you have a card a debit card a credit card you can go there and sow your seed and again 100 of these uh, seeds that are being sown are going toward those who are struggling in financial crisis during this time so we again say thank you thank you thank, thank you, you thank you for being such a blessing in this season now listen y'all this preacher is about to come and he's going to preach the word but i yeah. dare not invite yeah. him to come in here um, and preach before i ask you one more time i need y'all to, to join me now i need you to press that share button i need you to know that i can see i can scroll through here and in the I'm comment section i can see who is a sharer and i know that many of you have the opportunity to share and i want you to take full advantage of it right here let the people know pastor humphreys how important it is to share this stream especially as pastor Corey johnson is about to preach someone needs to hear a word from the lord tonight yes. the god that we're about to bring on is literally anointed but somebody needs to be blessed each and every night somebody has an opportunity to draw closer to christ and just by sharing that it's, it's just that easy just by hitting that share button somebody's life can literally be transformed so don't keep it to yourself mm -mm. but make sure that you share that thing man press share and it's again as easy as pressing that button you are a digital disciple That's you it. are a digital evangelist you can get this word to other people by simply pressing the share button so before we move on i'm gonna give you one more chance go ahead and press that share button I'm right where you are right now, and as you're sharing right now. yeah Share it, share it, make sure that those who are around you can get it because this word right here is going to be relevant. It's going to be right on time. And I know that there are people around us who need to receive it. So let's go ahead and do this. Pastor Humphreys, before yes, we hear our song of meditation, our song of preparation, I yeah. need you to tell the people who it is yeah. that is about to bring listen, the power listen, pack word of God. Tonight, we got one of my, my brothers in ministry tonight. We have none other than Pastor Corey Johnson. He pastors in Trenton, New Jersey. And I'm so honored and thankful to have him. If you were a part of the last quarantine revival that we just have quarantine revival number one he blew the roof off of this online revival he took us even higher and tonight i'm telling y'all i'm excited i'm on the edge of my sheet seat i'm let you know right now y'all i am going to lose my mind tonight not only for the fact that he's my brother but he's always got a great word from the lord and so i'm just thankful i'm honored that he's preaching and i'm honored to be here to celebrate and support him tonight at this time, we're going to go ahead and shift over to hear a message in the music by none other than Yolanda DeBerry. She is a powerful and anointed musician. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about I'm ready, what God man. is going to do. Are you ready, Pastor no, Humphrey? I am ready for the word of the Lord. Man. But first, that song, I'm ready for it, Doc. All right. Well, let's go ahead and allow Yolanda to minister to our hearts at this moment. Again, thank you, Pastor Corey, for coming through. We're excited to hear the word. Make sure you press that share button because this is about to be a power-packed experience. Lifted up the everlasting doors of the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? He's the Lord God strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Will you invite his presence in today? Yes, the Lord. Bow down and say you are God. 
Pastor Corey Johnson, we're excited that you are here to deliver the word of God. We invite you right now to come. The virtual floor is yours. Have your way, Holy Ghost. And again, thank you for coming through. Amen. Amen. Let us all uh, let us all look to the Lord in prayer at this moment. Um, let's all look to the Lord in prayer at this moment. Father and our God, we thank you so much. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, that you are still speaking. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us in the midst of confusion. You speak to, to us in the midst of trauma. You speak to us in the midst of pain. You speak to us in the midst of heartache. And we ask you tonight that you would speak to us once again. Lord, we need to hear a word from you. In your word, we believe there's power. In your word, there's healing. In your word, there's breakthrough. In your word, there's deliverance. So speak to us tonight through your word. When we leave here, when we log off, we won't talk about who preached or who sang, but we'll say that we had an encounter with Jesus. 
and our lives are better off because of it. Lord, let this not be an informational exercise, but let this be a transformational experience. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. I want to thank uh, my friends and my brothers, uh, JD and Austin, for uh, uh, introducing me and inviting me to, to share with you all tonight. Um, I do not take this opportunity for granted. Um, I am not, I'm humbled by any time I'm asked to, to speak for the Lord. And this is no different. I thank God uh, for this opportunity um, to preach on this platform and on this program. Um, on this platform and on this program. Um, I thank God for this quarantine revival. I think that uh, the idea uh, was given to the planners of this, but God already saw this, that this was providential for such a time as this. That is my belief tonight. And so I'm just excited to be a part of the move that God is doing. I'm just flowing with him. I'm flowing with him and I'm excited to be a part of the flow. Uh, tonight, um, I want to send my condolences to the Pearson family. Uh, Walter Pearson was a great preacher, great pastor. Uh, my home church, uh, the North Philadelphia SDA Church, he actually pastored um, in the mid to late 80s. Um, hearing him preach, he made me want to preach. Um, he could take a text, make it interesting, beautiful, profound. Um, I thank God for him, the blessing that he was to the world and to the kingdom of God. I also uh, want to send my prayers uh, to Dr. G. Russell C. Um, I also want to send my prayers to his family um, as he is sick. You, you know, he taught me Christian theology at Oakwood University. And so I send my prayers uh, to the C family tonight as well. Uh, tonight, I want to share with you um, a sermon from the book of Revelation, uh, staying in the theme. I uh, thank God has a word for us for this moment. In the, from the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I want to look at Revelation chapter 12. We're going to look at two verses tonight. Uh, we're going to look at two verses tonight. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 12. And we are going to look at Revelation chapter 17. So we're going to first read Revelation 12, verse 1 through 6. And then we are going to read Revelation 17, verse 1 through 6. We're going to read Revelation 12, verse 1 through 6. And then we are going to read Revelation 17, verse 1 through 6. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns with seven crowns on its heads. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her.
for 1,260 days. One of the seven angels had poured out, who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me, come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that's going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery, adultery, adultery with her. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. And there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. And blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Tonight, uh, tonight, as a part of this quarantine revival, I ask you to pray with me as I speak for a few moments on the topic inspired by the classic hit uh, from the soul group, The Shy Lights, Have You Seen Her? Have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her? Tonight we are walking with John in vision. We are walking with John in vision as John is seeing a woman. John has been getting revelation for the last 11 chapters. He's been getting revelation. He's been giving insight. He's been giving information and illumination and sights and scenes. He's been taken to place and to time. But right now, John is taken in vision to a woman. He is seeing a woman. And in this chapter, he is not just seeing a literal woman. He is seeing a symbolic woman. For you to understand, uh, in, in the Bible, the woman represents a people. Woman represents people. This woman represents people. And John sees, I mean, and John sees a woman. There are some distinct things about this woman in Revelation chapter 12 that stand out to us. The Bible says that this woman was clothed with the sun. She was clothed. She was covered by the sun, clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet. The sun is covering her and she's standing on the moon. You got to understand that the sun brings light and the moon reflects the light of the sun. She's clothed by the sun. She's standing on the moon and on her head, there is a crown of 12 stars. She's clothed by the sun. She's standing on the moon. She has 12 stars on her head. And not only that, but this woman is pregnant. 
Uh, we don't know how far deep pregnant she is, but but she is pregnant. She's carrying. She's clothed by the sun. This woman has 12 stars on her head, and this woman is standing on the moon. I don't think that these things are things for us to pass over, no. In order for us to truly understand what we know about this woman, we need to understand the symbols and what they mean, because the symbols help us understand who this woman is. Anybody asking that question tonight? Who is this woman? Who is she? Well, this woman, a woman in the Bible always represents the people of God. Now, man, maybe let me step back and say they don't always represent the people of God, but a woman in the Bible does represent a church. She represents a church. She represents the people of God. This woman, you have to understand that this woman is clothed. She's covered by the sun, the sun, the sun brings light. And it is the gospel we understand. The New Testament teaches us that it is the gospel that brings light to dark places. She's clothed by the sun. She's covered by the gospel. The woman is also standing on the moon. The moon, the moon's job is to be a foundation. She's standing on it and she's reflecting the light of the sun. The moon represents the Old Testament that is supposed to point to the ultimate revelation and light that is in the New Testament, that is in the gospel, that is Jesus Christ. She's clothed. She's standing on the Old Testament. She's shining, the reflecting the light of the gospel. And this woman has something on her head. She has a crown, crown, crown. This woman has a crown, which means that she is royalty. Crown denotes royalty. Crown denotes that, that she has crowned. She has glory. She is crowned. But the Bible does not say that she is just crowned, but the Bible says that she is crowned with 12 stars. Oh, I feel like talking to somebody tonight. She's crowned with 12 stars. 12 is an important number in the book of Revelation. 12 is also an important number in scripture for there were 12 tribes. Come on, somebody. There were 12 tribes of Israel. We understand later on in the book of Revelation. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere that when we look at the number of the redeemed, it is represented by the number 144,000. 144,000 if broken down, it would be 12 by 12,000. And when you look at the naming of the 144,000, it is a specific group of those who are the tribes of Israel. The 12 on her crown represent the 12, not just the 12 tribes of Israel, but it is the 12 faithful tribes of Israel. Because when we look at the naming of the 144,000, one tribe is left out and another tribe tribe is added. So the tribalism is not meant to denote lineage. It's meant to denote faithfulness. Oh, I feel like preaching this day. So on her head is a representative number of the faithful people of God in the Old Testament. But not only does it represent the faithful people of God in the Old Testament, but you also, come on, y'all also know that there were 12 apostles. Now the apostles were not around in the Old Testament, but the apostles were around in the New Testament. Huh? This 
crown of 12 stars represents the consistency of God's people pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. The 12 representing the children of Israel, the faithful children of Israel, the 12 representing the apostles in the New Testament. This woman represents the faithful, pure, loyal people of God. I feel like talking to somebody. She represents the bride of Christ. She represents the faithful people of God. And here's what you got to understand. Uh, because this woman represents the faithful people of God, we also see that this woman is pregnant. She's pregnant. She she is pregnant and she is pregnant and about to give birth. Oh, come on, somebody. She's pregnant. Now, this woman represents the faithful people of God. She represents both his people in the Old Testament and his people in the New Testament. But this woman is also pregnant. She's pregnant. She's she's carrying something. She she's got something on the inside. And what she's carrying, we see she's carrying. She's carrying a son who is soon to be born. She's carrying a son, this woman, this faithful woman, this church, these people of God. They're carrying a child who is to be born. Now, watch this. I need you to get this. And then in verse three, the Bible said, then I witness in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns, huh, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman and as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her, he was ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. You have to understand in Bible prophecy, this dragon is representative of Satan. This dragon is representative of the enemy of God. Now this enemy, this dragon who has deceived or bought down one third of the stars of heaven, he wants to kill this woman. Oh, come on, somebody. He stands in front of her. And we understand, we have to ask ourselves why. I'm just setting this thing up. Why does this dragon want to kill this woman? Well, it is because she is going to give birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. We understand that through this woman was going to come her own savior. Birth in this woman is the son of God. Oh, come on, somebody. This woman represents the church. A woman is impregnated and she's impregnated to give birth to the son of God. The way that the woman gives birth to the son of God is that the woman is in covenant relationship with God the father. God the father and the woman come together. They give birth. They, they, the woman is impregnated by God and she is going to give birth to a son who will rule the nation. Y'all know who this son is. This son is Jesus. This woman is carrying Jesus and the dragon wants to defeat Jesus because the dragon knows the prophecy that, yeah, you are going to bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. The dragon wants to kill. Watch this. You got to get this today. The dragon wants to kill the woman, not because of who she is. The dragon wants to kill the woman, not because of who she is, but because of the potential and what she's carrying. I feel like talking to somebody tonight. The dragon don't care about the woman. He has no reason to see the woman as a threat, except for the fact that the woman is carrying 
the son of promise. The first thing that this text teaches us, this isn't really a part of my notes. This just free information that some of you are dealing with hell that you're dealing with because if the dragon can't kill your promise, he will try to kill the package. Oh, I feel like talking to somebody tonight. Some of y'all are wondering why all hell is breaking loose in your life, maybe it is because the dragon knows the potential of the promise that you're carrying. And the dragon says, if I can attack the package, I can kill the promise. Oh, that's free, that's free information. Now, here's what you got to understand, that the fact, watch this, that in this passage, this dragon and keeps attacking the woman. He attacked the woman and making her go into Israeli, making her go into Egyptian bondage. And then the king and then the Pharaoh of Egypt calls for a genocide of all the firstborn sons of the Hebrew people. But the woman kept on going. He couldn't get to that child. And then he puts the woman, he puts the woman into Babylonian and Assyrian captivity, but he couldn't get that child. He puts the woman into Greek captivity, but he couldn't get that child. He puts the woman, he puts the woman through Roman occupation, but he still could not get the child. Oh, that's free information for you. That Watch this, the dragon wants to kill the package because of the package's promise. But watch this. It is the fact that the promise is inside of the package, that the promise's presence in the package protects the package. Oh, you might watch this. The enemy can't do what he wants to do through you, not because of you, but because of what you're carrying. And God says, if I place a promise inside of you, I've got to make sure that you're protected long enough to see it through. That's the first thing that this text teaches us. That's the first thing this text teaches. But watch this, y'all. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, this woman, uh, she gives birth to the child. She gives birth to Jesus. He comes through 40 and two burning generations. This woman gives birth to Jesus. Now, now here's what gets me. And this Jesus is taken up. He's taken up. He's taken up into heaven to ascend to God's throne. He dies. He's resurrected on the third day. He gets up and he is in, he's trans, he's translated back to heaven. When he goes to heaven, he defeats the dragon forever. When he goes to heaven, he defeats the dragon forever. He defeats the dragon forever. And so now the dragon, the dragon, watch this, the dragon knows. The dragon knows that he cannot get to the Jesus. He cannot get to the son. He cannot get to the promise, but he can attack the package. Oh, I need y'all to get this. He can. He, he continues to attack the package. He continues to attack the package. He chases the package. He continues to torment the package, but the package runs and the package, the woman, the church goes into hiding. And that is the last, that was just my introduction, y'all. That's the last we hear about this woman. The woman goes into hiding. She is taken into the wilderness. And then Revelation chapter 12 ends. This woman, this church, the, the, what we experience now is a runaway bride, the bride of Christ, the, the woman that belongs to God, the faithful, loyal wife. She's a runaway bride. It almost feels like, it almost feels like we have to ask our question. We have to ask the question tonight, where is the woman? What happens to the woman? And some of you, some of you, you are sitting on the edge of your seat. You are sitting 
on the edge of your seat, wondering it feels like the season finale and you are waiting for the next season to start. You are left with a cliffhanger. Where is the woman? Whatever happened to the woman, where, where is she? Come on, somebody. Where, where is she? We, we can go on. to We can leave Revelation chapter 12 and go on to the next season. We can go on to Revelation chapter 13, but, but we don't see the woman in Revelation 13. No, we don't. We don't see this bride. We don't. We don't see this bride. We don't. We don't see this bride. We don't see this. 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 This bride of Christ. We don't see this faithful woman. We don't see her in Revelation chapter fourteen. We can go on to Revelation chapter fifteen, and we still have no evidence of this woman. Where is she? What happened to her? Last thing we knew, she was being chased by this dragon with, with 10 heads and with seven heads and seven crowns. She was chasing. She was chased by this dragon. She is taken into the wilderness for 1,260 years. But we still don't know where she is. Where is she in Revelation 15? Where is she in Revelation 16? You can't leave us on the edge of our seats. And then... Five chapters later, we run into Revelation chapter 17. Oh, my God. And in Revelation chapter 17, out of the blue, with no history, no background story, we are introduced to a new woman. Oh, my God. We, we don't know. We don't know her history. We don't know her story. We don't know. We don't know background information. We have not given. Give, we have not been given a prequel. We just introduced to a woman. We, last time we saw a woman was five chapters ago in Revelation chapter twelve. Oh, come on, somebody. We do not see a woman until Revelation chapter seventeen. And we got to ask ourselves: Have you seen her? Well, well, let's let's do some let's do some work and let's do some digging. Let's do some digging. Revelation chapter 17. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. In Revelation chapter 17, it says, one of the angels who had poured out the seven bowls came and spoke to me. He says, come with me and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute. Now, I need you to understand. I need you to understand that the Bible speaks in patriarchal language. While, and wow, wow, I do not affirm, while I do not affirm um, the undue use of patriarchy, we have to understand this is a contextual book. And so they do use women and they do use patriarchal language to make a greater existential, eschatological, theological point. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. He said, I want to show you uh, what is going to come on the great prostitute or the great, basically bad woman who rules over many waters. The kings of the world, what have they done? They've all committed adultery with her. What have they committed, everybody? Adultery. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. And there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads, ten horns, and blasphemies against God that were written all over it. And the Bible says... Um, uh, that were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. 
The mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes, obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Last time we saw a woman, we saw a woman clothed with the gospel. The last time we saw a woman, we saw a woman who was standing on the moon. Last time we saw a woman, we saw a woman who was being traced by a dragon with, uh, uh, wait, wait, traced by a dragon, chased by a dragon with seven heads and seven crowns. Come on, somebody. Uh, the last time we saw a woman, she represented a pure and faithful, a pure and faithful, a pure and faithful continual line of the people of God. But we, she goes into hiding. She's being attacked by a dragon. We don't hear about her whereabouts. We don't, we don't yet know where she is. She's been in the wilderness. That's all we know. We don't know what came of this woman, but now we run into another woman. This another woman, we get some details of who this woman is. Can I teach tonight? Uh, we find out this woman is in red and purple. Uh, this woman is clothed in red and purple, red and purple. Why? Why do you need to let us know what she's wearing? Why do we care what color she's wearing? Well, red, red, red shows red represents religious authority or religious oppression. Come on, somebody. Red and purple represents royalty. Now, royal, royal. This woman is royalty. She's wearing purple. The last time that we saw a royal woman, the last time we saw it, we just doing some, some investigative work because we don't know where she is. Have you seen her? The last time we saw a purple, a, the last time we saw a royal woman, it was a woman who had a crown in Revelation chapter 12. This woman has gone missing. And so the next time we see a woman clothed in royal clothes, Thing. It is this prostitute who's committing adultery in Revelation 17 on a beast in the wilderness. Oh, come on, somebody. Not only is she wearing red and purple, you have to understand that what she's wearing is semi-priestly colors. Ah, she's wearing red and purple, which are part of the priestly color, but she's not wearing all of the priestly colors. Come on, somebody. Ah, and not only is this woman, now watch this, watch this, watch this. So we can deduce, we can deduce that if this woman in the Bible is described as a prostitute, if this woman is a woman who is immoral, if this woman is a woman who was called Babylon, the mother of great, of, of, the mother, if she's called Babylon, the mother of all prostitutes, and if she's drunk with the blood of God's people, then we understand that this is not a good woman. I feel like talking to somebody today. This is not a good woman. This is not a loyal woman. This is not a faithful woman. This is not the type of woman that you want to marry. Now you may be saying, well, preacher, who is the woman in Revelation 17? We don't get her. We don't get her prequel. And then we can ask ourselves, well, preacher, who's the woman in Revelation chapter 12? We don't see her sequel. I feel like talking to somebody today. The woman in Revelation 17, we don't see her prequel. And the woman in Revelation 12, we don't see her sequel. So we've got to ask this new woman, where did you come from? And we've got to ask the old woman, where did you go? I feel like talking to somebody. Well, may I suggest and may I remove the line that this story represents two different women. Not 
Uh-uh. This story is about the same woman who is both royal. The same woman, watch this, not just is she the same, that the woman that we see go into hiding, here let me say it, the woman that we see go into hiding in Revelation chapter 12 is the woman that we now see riding the beast killing God's people, oppressing people in Revelation chapter 17. No, they ain't the same different women. They're the same woman. Ah, she's the same woman, but she ain't the same. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I feel like talking to somebody. She's the same woman, but everything ain't the same. She She's the same woman, but something is a little different about her. You know, the prophet, the ghetto prophet, the ghetto prophet and philosopher Jay-Z once said that when a good girl is gone, she's gone forever. This is is the same woman, but she's a different woman. There's something different about her. Now, preacher, how do you know that she's the same woman? How do you know? Well, it's simple. The text tells us a whole lot about the woman, but it's one word that it, that is that, that is used in Revelation chapter 17 to describe, watch this, to describe why she's evil. She's committing adultery. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all missed, y'all missed, y'all missed it. Watch this. This woman is committing adultery. In other words, in other words, she's stepping outside of her marital covenant. Oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. If, if she can't commit adultery if she has not already made vows. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. She is not able to be judged for adultery if she does not already have a husband. It is not that this woman is single and sleeping around. No, it is that this woman is already married and stepping out. Oh, come on somebody. That means that if the woman is committing adultery, that means that she's breaking marital covenant. Oh, that if she's breaking marital covenant, that means that she already has a husband. We've got to ask ourselves, and this text demands that we ask ourselves today, what happened to the bride of Christ? What happened to the church? What happened to the faithful institution set up by God? No, this woman stepped out. This woman broke her husband's heart. This woman is committing adultery, not with one man, but with seven kings, seven empires. You got to understand that in the Bible, these seven heads on the beast represent, watch this, they represent seven sequential empires on earth that have always been used, watch this, to attack the woman. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel like talking to somebody tonight. You see the seven nation, the seven empires that have been used through time to attack the woman have been Egypt and Assyria and Babylon and Medo-Persia and Greece and Babylon and Papal Rome. All of these kingdoms are riding on the same beast. They have all been used by Satan to attack the woman. The woman, oh, if I talking to somebody, is running from the dragon and the beast in, in chapter 12. She's now riding on the beast beast in Revelation 17. Now, some of y'all, watch this, y'all, some of y'all, y'all say, well, this woman is riding. How do we know that she's committing adultery? Well, she ain't just riding, she's riding. Oh, I need y'all to get this word tonight. She ain't just riding, she's riding. Somebody gonna get that later. She's riding them. She's fornicating them with them. This church is committing adultery with the empires of the world. And tonight we are forced to ask ourselves, 
what happened to the woman? What happened to the church? What happened to the institution God set up? What happened to her? Why has she stepped out? Does she have a story? There are a few things that this text teaches us. There's a few things that this text teaches us that I'm going to share them with you and I'm going to get out of your way. The first thing I told you was that when you've got a promise, it will protect the package. But but next thing this text teaches us, watch this y'all, is you ought to never, never underestimate the potential of your own personal apostasy. Oh my God, I feel like talk. I want to warn you tonight, never underestimate the potential of your own personal apostasy. Ah, ah, watch this, watch this. We read this text and it's easy to talk about this woman and the church and talk about false churches and we'll get there. But maybe this woman does not represent just an institution, but she represents you and me. <laughs> ah, this woman was faithful. She was loyal. She was committed. She was clothed by the gospel. She stood, she stood on the Old Testament. She had the crown. She had the crown of God's people around her head. But she still, watch this, had within her, even in all that time, the potential for personal apostasy. And may I suggest that too many of us have a bloated sense of self where we have determined that there are certain things that we can never do. Ah, that we have determined that there are certain places that we will never go, that we have determined that there are certain things that we will always keep ourselves away from. But may I suggest that this passage, this passage, this passage is a warning to us both corporately and personally. It has both existential and eschatological implications that the same way that the faithful woman, the loyal woman, the gospel woman of Revelation chapter 12, she does have the potential and her to become the woman that is sleeping with the empires and the beast and has apostatized in Revelation chapter 17. And maybe this suggests what this, this text will bring some humility to our identity. Because the truth is, for many of us, we know that if it were not for the grace of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit, there go I. That's why you ought to never look at people mocking them for what they have done and where they've been and what they do, because you and I both know that we are always living in a constant battle. Paul says that there are some things I want to do, and there are some things that I don't want to do. I'm saved, but I still got some sin in me. I'm in Jesus, but I'm still struggling. And if we don't remain close to the cross, uh, keeping our faith in Jesus, we too have the potential for personal apostasy. Yeah, you know that you are just one decision from going deeper than you ever intended on going. You know that if you don't stay in the word, if you don't stay in worship, if you don't stay close to the cross, there is always potential for you. That's why you ought to never judge anybody else. That's why you should not make fun of anybody else. That's why you should not turn up your nose at anybody else. Because some of us can declare if it had not been, but for the Lord who is constantly fighting for me, I'd turn out just like the prostitute. Maybe this also, maybe, maybe, maybe this also, maybe this also is not just a warning for me personally, but it's a warning to the church corporately. Oh, my God, because no church, no church, no church should feel like the church has arrived. Oh, my goodness. Should feel like the church is ever in a safe place where we can depend on ourselves. No, the same way that 
these people of God apostatize prophetically in Revelation chapter 12 to 17. We too have the potential for corporate apostasy if we don't keep Jesus in the center of the lampstands. I feel like talking to somebody that we got to keep Jesus in the center or we do. We also have this potential within us. We got this potential within us. But somebody saying, preacher, you're not being fair to the woman. Uh, you're not being fair to the woman. You're not being fair to the woman. You're not being fair to her. Uh, everybody has a story. And so we got to ask ourselves, what is the woman's story? How, how do I know her story? Because if I know her story, I know what to look out for. And when it comes to avoiding personal apostasy and apostasy as a church, well, you got to understand something. Can we go a little deeper tonight? Um, you see, you have to understand something. You have to understand something. Uh, you, you have to understand Um I'm making plain this way. I was watching. I was watching. I was watching. Come on, stay with me. I'm going somewhere, y'all. I was watching a documentary. I was watching a documentary. I was watching a documentary on. I was watching a documentary on the Black Panthers. I was why I'm, I'm thinking about the revolution that we are in the fight, the fight for the fight for justice and the fight against uh, white supremacy and the fight. Watch this. The fight against empirical beast-like oppression, right? We are in a fight. We've been in a fight for years against empirical beast-like oppression. Y'all gonna get it. And, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching documentary on the Black Panthers, and I'm, and I'm studying how, how these urban Black young men and women, how they began a revolution and a movement. It started off where all they wanted to do, watch this, all they wanted to do was police the police. They wanted to walk around. They had, they had, they had, they had they understood their Second Amendment rights. And they would walk around, they would drive around patrolling the streets of Oakland so that they could police the police. This is before we had smartphones to document police abuse. And so they decided that they would police the police. They armed themselves. They fed children. This is what they don't teach you about the Black Panthers. They fed children. They took care of people. They educated. And, and watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, the FBI gets wind, FBI gets wind of this movement. J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover uh, gets wind of this movement. He gets wind of the Black Panthers and, and he does not treat, he begins to let the police antagonize. Oh, come on somebody. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. He, he lets the police antagonize the Black Panthers. They, they would raid their, their buildings. They would attack them. They would try to get information on them. They would show up and try to fight them and arrest them. But the more they antagonized them, the more they arrested them, the more they created martyrs out of the movement, the movement continued to grow. Off like preaching this thing. The Panthers, they began to expand southern, to more southern California. And then they began to expand to the East Coast and then to the middle west and baltimore and philly and new york and then over to chicago and then they were in oakland and la and they were expanding as they were being antagonized so j edgar Hoover, in his evil in his evil mind he despises a scheme and a plan to ruin this radical revolutionary movement off oh, like talk y'all gotta somebody gotta pray for me tonight and he says and he says he says the more we antagonize them the more they grow uh, so maybe the answer is no longer 
to antagonize them. But let's start a plan called Cointel Pro. Cointel Pro counter in intelligence program the counter intelligence program and he he j edgar hoover and the united states federal bureau of investigation they came up with an counter intelligence program against the black panthers these radical revolutionaries this movement that is growing and they said they said that they are a radical domestic organization and they are a threat to the establishment they understood that the more we antagonize the more they grow so they changed up their tactics oh God, come on somebody gotta get this tonight they said no longer will we antagonize the movement let's rather infiltrate the movement oh my god because you don't stop a movement from outside in. No, you destroy the movement from the inside out. And they begin to put plants in the Black Panthers. They begin to set up young men who had been caught and they would get, they would do plea deals with them and set them up to be bodyguards in the Black Panthers. It was, it was a plant. It was a FBI plant who played as a bodyguard of the young prophet Fred Hampton, who, who betrayed Fred Hampton gave the FBI and the Chicago PD information on the house in which Hampton lived, where the Chicago PD assassinated Fred Hampton because they, the empire understood that the more we antagonize from without, the more they grow. That the way to take down the movement is not from the outside, but it's from the inside. And may I suggest that the dragon switched up his tactics. The dragon understood that the more I antagonize this woman and her radical movement from the outside, the more she grows. So let me switch up my plan. Let me go from antagonization to infiltration. So here's point number two. Here's point number two. Warning number two. Here it is that the that that persecution and the appeal. Watch this. The that, that, that here's what we understand, that you got to be cautious about finding comfort in your Constantine. Oh, my God. You see, persecution will cause you to find comfort in your Constantine. We got to ask ourselves, how did they, how did the dragon switch from antagonization to persecution? Well, here's how it happened. Uh, Christian church after Jesus is growing. The Christian church, I'm going to teach you all tonight. The Christian church, after Jesus is growing, after his, after his death, resurrection, resurrection, and after he goes up to heaven, the Christian church is growing. This is a countercultural revolutionary movement. Oh, come on, somebody. Th this is what, oh, here it is. Don't never underestimate the potential for your own, for your own personal apostasy. Why? Why? Because you'll begin to find comfort in Constantine. The Christians are countercultural. They've got no privilege. They, the church, this woman, she has no privilege. She has no power. Uh, she has no, she has no prosperity. No, she has to give up everything because of Jesus. She's in the Roman Empire. She is an outsider. She, she's still being attacked. And then something shifts. You see, it was the Emperor Domitian who killed Christians, who persecuted Christians. They persecuted the woman. And then it was an Emperor uh, Nero who killed Christians, burned them, abused them, and tortured them. But the more they antagonized the woman, oh, come on, somebody, the more the woman began to grow. But the next thing you got to be careful for and be careful of is when, watch this, you will apostatize because you want peace. 
Uh, the woman has been persecuted for a long time. She's been treated unfairly. Revelation, woman from Revelation 12. Yeah, she's been faithful, but she's been struggling. Yeah, she's been faithful, but she's been killed, persecuted, left on the outside, oppressed on the margins. And then a smart emperor named Constantine comes into power. And this is, this is Bible history. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Constantine, Constantine decides the more we antagonize the woman, the more she begins to grow. So why don't we present ourselves not as an enemy of the woman, but as a savior to the woman? Oh my God, oh my God. And what Constantine did is that Constantine, I'm going somewhere, y'all. Constantine makes the woman's religion, Christianity, the official religion of the Roman Empire. Before Constantine, you had to lose power, lose privilege, lose protection, lose pride in order to be a Christian. But now because Constantine has gotten with the church, because the church is tired of constant oppression, Constantine presents himself as a solution to the church's problems when he doesn't understand that Constantine is just prostituting the church for his own political power. I feel like talking to somebody today. I feel like preaching. And what Constantine does is he says, if you become Christian, you get power. If you become Christian, you get prestige. If you become Christian, you get authority. So what does he do? He begins to change Roman temples to Christian worship centers, but he keeps the idols from the Roman gods and mixes it with the idols of Christianity. He begins to bring the woman into his home. I feel like talking to somebody. He shows this abused woman. He makes himself seem like a manipulative friend. He gives her a safe space. No longer is it threatening to be the woman. Now there's pride in being the woman. I feel like talking to somebody. Constantine says, I'll give you, watch this, I'll give you your own day of corporate worship. I'll give everybody the day off as a day of corporate worship. Now, women, don't, don't notice, don't notice that the day that I chose is a day in, we, in which we already worship the sun god. No, because you've been uh, tormented by the dragon, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to give you privilege. I'm going to give you power. And ever since Constantine, the woman has been sleeping and riding on the empire that brings me to my next point i thought i'm going somewhere that brings me to my next point watch this that the appeal of power makes strange bedfellows oh let me say this again the appeal of power makes for strange bedfellows Ever since Constantine took the woman in, the woman, the woman has been gaining privilege, power, prosperity, and position, and privilege, and protection. She's no longer an outsider woman. She now is the official bride of the empire. She's cheated on God, and she's sleeping with the empire. Now, maybe, huh, huh, maybe what you gotta understand is that ever since Constantine began the began Again, sleeping on the side with God's wife, the woman has changed her stance. The woman now reflects the values of the empire and no longer the values of God. She's been given privilege. She's been given power. And now look at what she's doing, y'all. She's sleeping with the beast. In Revelation chapter 12, She's running from the dragon, 
in Revelation 17, she's straddling and riding his beast. She's sleeping with all seven of the empires set up by Satan for world oppression. Oh my God. And, and can, I, can I come close? Can I come close? I'm talking to the church tonight. I'm speaking to this moment. Here it is. Here's what I came to say. It's hard to speak against someone when you lay next to them every night. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel like talking. I feel like talking. I feel like talking. Uh, it's hard to critique someone publicly when you're laying next to them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And maybe American Christianity, white supremacist American Christianity that is been that has been born out of Constantinian pagan Christianity that came from a woman who was abused and persecuted, who forgot her first love, American Christianity, who is now corporately worshiping on the day that Constantine set up to show allegiance to Rome, that maybe American Christianity, who is now sleeping with an empire that has, that has moved white supremacy from Babylon through Medo-Persia, through Greece, through Rome, through papal Rome to America, maybe American Christianity can't speak out against racism and can't speak out against white supremacy because it's hard to speak out against someone when you're riding them every night. I feel like talking to somebody today. That may be the reason why white supremacist Christianity can't speak out against the empire is because white American Christianity has been fornicating with the empire. Slavery was fornication with the empire and it was white American Christianity that pushed slavery. It was Jim Crow that pushed, that pushed, that was sleeping with the empire. And it was white American Jim Crow, I feel like talking to somebody, that separated every Sunday morning, blacks over here and whites over here. I feel like talking to somebody today that it is the religious right started by Jerry Falwell, Phyllis Schlafly, pushed in the state by Ronald Reagan. Come on, somebody. It was the American forefathers who prayed to Jesus and had slaves. It was America. Come on, somebody. Led by American Christianity that fought against equal rights for women. It was American Christianity that put Donald Trump into office. It was American Christianity. Watch this. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Can I, can I get further? This is why American Christianity ain't a threat to nobody because American Christianity has been sleeping with the kings of the beast so long that now American Christianity, it doesn't cause you to lose anything, but it makes you gain everything. You now got power. You now got privilege. You now got protection. You now got prestige. You don't got to pay taxes. You get land grants. You get a chance to pray before a prayer breakfast where American politicians get together and think of ways to oppress people. And because the American church doesn't want to lose its seat of privilege at the table, we've got no voice against oppression because we've been sleeping with oppressors.
You know why people don't want to join the American church? It's because the American church is in bed with the American empire. Come out of her. Preachers, pastors. Are we willing to lose, watch this, public popularity? If it means we got to step away and get out of bed with the empire. The woman. She ain't cheating. She's moved in. Christianity, Christianity, Christianity. Talk to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Christianity. If it is pure, it always calls you to divest. For Jesus in Philippians 2, in heaven, he had power, privilege, prosperity, and protection. But the Bible says he thought it not robbery to leave the throne of heaven and divest of power, privilege, protection, and prosperity, come down to earth and die the death of a slave, even the death of a cross. Paul, 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 Paul was named Saul. He had to lose power, privilege, protection, and prosperity when he accepted the call of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And if you are really going to be a follower of Jesus, you don't always gain privilege, power, protection, and prosperity, it might cause you to lose it. An old preacher would say that if the devil is never attacking you, it might mean that you're walking with him. Have you ever wondered why America does not persecute the church? It, it might help. It, it, might, it, might, it might help to understand that maybe the empire would rather attack young atheists than the church is because the church is no threat to the empire because we're in bed with the empire. But there's good news. There's good news. Oh my God, oh, there's good news, there's good news. Because before, before this woman, oh my God, before she can apostatize, before she becomes unfaithful, she pushes out the promise. Oh my God, I need y'all to get this. 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 Uh, she, she, she pushes out the promise. She pushes out the promise. Before, before, before she becomes the prostitute, she pushes out. Jesus, oh my God, that, that the father, that the father kept the woman alive long enough to push out the savior. Oh my God. And when she pushes out the savior, I, the woman, watch this, also pushes out the remnant of her seed. Huh. 
Now, get, here's what you gotta understand: that in this passage, the woman, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, both represents at the same time. Watch this: the bride of Christ and the people of God. You see, she both gives birth to Jesus. And she's married to Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In the Old Testament, the Bible would say, I feel like teaching, the Bible would say that Jerusalem, but watch this, that God is in relationship with Jerusalem and at simultaneously, he's in relationship with the daughters of Jerusalem. Oh, come on, somebody. So that no matter what this woman does, oh, I feel like talking to somebody today, when she gives birth to Jesus, at some point, a part of the woman breaks off or the woman gives birth to something else. Oh, come on, 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 come on. And, and, and watch this, watch this. The remnant that breaks off or the remnant that comes from her stays with the seed that came from her. Oh, I feel like, I feel like y'all get this. I feel like get this because mama has gone crazy. I feel like talking to somebody today. I feel like talking to somebody today. Watch this. Mama has lost her mind. Mama has moved out. So watch this. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that while mama has lost it and can't take care of me. She left me with a big brother who I can follow. I feel like talking to somebody today. Oh, come on, somebody. I need you to get this. I need you to get this. I need you to get this. The Bible says that the dragon, watch this, he stops attacking the woman. He turns his attention from the woman to the remnant of her seed. Watch this, because you don't gotta attack something that you will eventually have. But this woman, when she gave birth, she not only gave birth to Jesus, but she gave birth to a remnant who will say, no, I ain't following after my mother, but I'm gonna follow my big brother. And watch this, there, there are some people who are watching tonight. There are some people who are watching tonight, and these are people. There are some people. I was reading stories of my life today, and these are some young people, young people whose mothers were strung out. Oh, come on, somebody. And their mothers were messed up on drugs. Their mothers became prostitutes. Their mothers left them. Their mothers abandoned. of no longer capable of taking care of them and presenting an effective example to them. But you gotta be thankful that although mama went crazy, she did give birth to my big brother and my big brother ain't got the issues of mother and that I can move in with big brother. Not only do I move in with big brother, but big brother moves into me. He says, I'll send the Holy Ghost uh, who will dwell in you. And I came to say to the church tonight, forget your mother. You got a social worker who wants to let you move in with your brother. And your brother is more than able and capable uh, of taking care of you. That's what I came to say to the church tonight. Forget your mother. No, you got to follow your brother. And watch this. That's why I love Jesus. Because I'm sticking with my brother. No, I ain't following after 
apostate American Christianity. I'm sticking with my brother. No, I ain't gonna sleep with the seven empires. I'm sticking with my brother. And when I stick with my brother, I will speak out against injustice. I'll fight for those who can't fight for themselves. I'll stand up though the heavens fall. Come hell or high water. I'm sticking with Jesus. That's why persecution is not a bad thing, but persecution is a sign of paternity. That the fact that the dragon keeps on messing with this remnant, it's just a sign that the remnant is sticking with their daddy and their big brother. So devil, keep throwing your best shot at me. Devil, keep attacking me until Jesus comes. I'm sticking with Jesus. Jesus, God will take care of you. So I'm telling the church, forget your mother, forget your history, stick with Jesus and he will see you through. Have you seen her? I ain't worried about her. Got a big brother who was the promise. And I'm following him wherever he may be. Listen, American Christianity, American Christianity, apostate American Christianity has lost its voice and its authority in this moment. Because American Christianity tear gasses those who cry for justice, takes a Bible, walks to a church, and poses in front of it. And so we've lost our ability to speak because you can't speak to someone when you got to see them the next morning. This is a message of warning, family. This is a message of warning that prophetically we believe. Watch this. I want you to get 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 this. That the institution, oh, come on, somebody. The church institution will fail. But the church, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus will stand forever. There will always be a remnant. There will always be remaining ones. And tonight, 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 if you're watching tonight, I, I want to call you. I want to call you. I want to call you out of the church institutional and into the church eternal. 
the broken off people who follow Jesus forever. If that's you, 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 you can write in the comments. You may want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been a part of church, but you haven't been, you haven't been following Jesus, your big brother. And you want to come out, you want to come out, you want to come out of mommy's lineage and you want to begin to follow in the tradition of your brother. To request baptism, it's on the screen in Bible study. Reach out to the QR team via this form. Look at the link, reach out to it. You may be watching tonight, you may be watching tonight. You may be watching tonight. And your version of Christianity has gotten comfortable with the comforts of the empire to where you love the power, privilege, prosperity, and protection so much that you won't be able to stand when that is threatened. Jesus is saying, follow me. You can't do it on your own, but follow me. Keep my commandments. The Bible says that he will write his commandments, not on stone, but in your heart. He will dwell in you. And by faith in Jesus, he will hold on to you. He will keep you. That is his promise, y'all. Tonight, there's someone, God, who heard the gospel. And Lord, they are asking that you would keep them in the face of persecution and temptation. They're saying, God, they want to remain faithful. They want to follow you wherever that leads. Lord, that can only happen if you are in the midst of them. So I ask God that you would be their protection. I ask God that you would be their prosperity. I ask God that you would be their privilege. I ask God that you would be their power. Forgive us if we've stepped out. Father, there's somebody tonight who is making a decision for Jesus for the first time. I thank you for their decision. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. That you are still calling people to follow you. Seal them. Watch over them. Protect them. Let no evil come before them. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. What I do know is that the word of God was preached with power tonight. Man. And we appreciate you for not avoiding giving the word, the unadulterated word to the, the people of God this evening. The yeah. warning was heard. Uh, we absolutely believe what the word of God declares about us. And we appreciate you for doing this because the enemy's the, the enemy's not happy about this no, word going forth. The, the enemy is upset about uh, you calling out his strategy and his tactics. That's right. But one thing we're going to do tonight is we're going to pray for you specifically, preacher, that God would cover you and protect you and continue to provide you platform to deliver messages like this. 
prophetic messages that will call the people to connect with our Savior and to stick with Jesus and not to go with anyone else. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and pray over the preacher of the hour tonight. As it is our custom, we want to make sure we cover you in prayer. So I'm just going to offer um, either Dr. Doggett or Pastor Humphreys, whoever desires to pray, just jump right in. Let's cover this man. And as you're watching, if you're tuning in, if you can hear me, if you can see me, then I need for you to connect your faith with ours. And let's intercede on behalf of the man of God who just poured into our lives this evening. Let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you for the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your manservant tonight being a vessel for you. God, I'm praying right now that you would just pour out a mighty blessing over him. God, tonight, literally, his word shook the kingdom of hell tonight, Lord, as he exposed the strategy of the enemy. God, we're thankful for our big brother. And I'm, I'm just praising God that the preacher took his time tonight to expose the tactics and then give us hope. God, tonight, he needs to be uplifted. He needs to be held. Keep his family Keep his wife and his daughter, Lord, in a very special way. I pray, God, I'm praying for the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to flow through him, Lord. Tonight, somebody who is sitting at home, who could be sitting in their car, who could be watching on their TV screen, their iPad, laptop, whatever it is, God, is struggling right now in the valley of decision. God, help them to know there is only one path to follow. So, God, right now, I'm praying for that individual that needs to make up their mind to follow you all of the way. God, I thank you for your manservant, Pastor Johnson, tonight. And I'm praying, God, a hedge of protection over him as the enemy's not happy, but heaven is rejoicing. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 And amen. Again, Pastor Johnson, we're going to bring you back in here. We celebrate you. God bless you. We pray your, that you get good rejuvenating rest tonight. We, we, you didn't hold anything back tonight, and we appreciate you for doing that. Um, I want to just remind all of you that you do have the opportunity if you need Bible study, if you need prayer, if you need baptism, there is a link right here. And we want you to take full advantage of it because we have our team who is standing by ready to connect with you, to encourage you along your journey, and to make sure that you don't wait any longer, but that you seize the moment, that this moment is your moment of deliverance. So we again appreciate you for taking the opportunity to reach out to us. We're ready to receive whatever it is that you need. Send us your request. And of course, if you desire to give, we want to also offer you the opportunity to sow seeds because we are helping those who are struggling right now in financial crisis. The way you can give your seed, the way you can sow is by sending your seed through the cash app, the money sign, the Q revival. Again, that is the money sign the Q revival. And if you desire to give via PayPal, you can use this paypal.me forward slash the, the Q revival, paypal.me forward slash the Q revival. And then of course you can go to our website, www.thequrevival.com where you can use a card if that is your desire and everything that you give 100% of the seed that you sow will go toward those who are struggling. We've been able to bless uh, four families thus far. Amen. And God has been good. So we thank you for your faithfulness, Doctor Doggett, Pastor Humphreys. What a what a night! Yo, what a night. Great words. What, what a night! You know what? <laughs> there are a lot of people in America who tend to think that patriotism and capitalism are synonymous with Christianity. But he reminded us tonight that you can be in sync with those things mm. and be completely out of sync with God. Come Lord, on, thank God that there will be a remnant yeah. who yeah. aren't fooled and pulled in.
Yes, sir. By the wiles of the devil, he'll bless you with prosperity. Mercy. He can get you to walk away from God. And Christianity in America has done that. Tonight he preached about apostate Christianity, Christians by name. But there's no better symbol than to see a man like Trump stand mm -hmm. in front of a church holding up a, a Bible. Bible. Yes, sir. Right after persecuting people, literally having his troops to mm. shove people and shoot rubber bullets at them and, and pepper balls and whatnot, and then mm -hmm. stand in front of the church piously. Mm -hmm. And there's going to have to be some answering to God for the way Christianity has abused others and walked away from our God. But I am determined tonight. Yes. I'm not going to be part of the apostate crowd. Yes, sir. I'm going to be one who keeps the commands of God. Yes, sir. It has a testimony of Jesus Christ and walks with my brother, even if my mother goes the wrong direction. Oh, man. Praise, oh, man. praise God. I'm going to stick with my big brother, man. man, my big brother. Yeah. 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 What a powerful Forget word. <laughs> Is not, I feel like preacher. Patriotism preach. is not preach. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, and neither is capitalism. Yeah, right. And the possession and accumulation of wealth. It's actually counter to what I see when Christianity was in its purest form. Mm. And the devil is smart enough to know he can bless you away from your relationship with God. Mercy. Mm. You can be abundantly blessed Mercy. by the devil. And walk away from God, and ultimately you lose everything. So I intend to stay with God and not walk with yeah. the crowd or yeah. follow Mom. Yeah, That's man, it. what a what a what a very very palatable like this. This word is one that you can remember. Great metaphorical content. He yeah, unearthed the yeah. He he took the symbols he and he made them live. Now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. He took his time tonight, man. Gave us mm. gave us good context. The meat, as Doctor Dog has said earlier, uh, to to really just bring forth the text, man. Yeah, Austin, he well, worried me there for a minute. He worried me for a minute when he had when he had the woman just walking away, man. Yeah. Hey, somebody, <laughs> somebody gonna say with the remnant of the seat. Somebody take it. With he, the had a, he had it. He came back with it. He came back with it. He came back with it. He, he put back with it, man. Right in the proper light. Yeah. And those who are gonna be right, and there is a chance. I'm just gonna have to abandon mama and hang out with the brother. Yeah. So, Ooh. That's good. Listen, I need to encourage all of you who are still tuning in, make sure that you share this message. When we, when we conclude this broadcast, yes, I, I need you. Don't just share. Tag those people who God is putting on your heart who need to receive this, who can worship with us even after the fact. In that beautiful technology provides us the opportunity to have these experiences archived so yeah. you can share this but make sure you don't just share, tag these uh, services, especially tonight, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're tuning in through Facebook, get the word out there. This prophetic message needs to go to the ends of the world. Again, thank you so very much for tuning in tonight. We love you. We pray God's blessings over you. Last words, gentlemen, what do you all have to say? Anything that you want to just leave the yeah. people with? I want to say this, Corey, go and oil up those gears. You got some good gear, sir. And I want you to get back in that car and keep riding it until yeah. Jesus comes. I was yeah. blessed on tonight. And there's no doubt about it. I know that the preacher tomorrow night, Lola Moore Johnson. Oh, man. I know it. We keep going higher, man. Good night. How high can we go? Come on. Keep going higher, man. I That's what I got to say. Man. We're, just going, we're going higher tomorrow, man. That's it, man. We're yeah. going higher. Looking to see everybody back tomorrow night.
We'll see you then. We'll see you then again. Spread the word. Press that share button. We'll see you tomorrow where we will have none other than Pastor Lola Johnston Moore, who's or more Johnston, who's going to be preaching the power pack word of God. We love you. Have a great evening. God bless you. Thank you.